Welcome to Women in Chemicals, Woman of the Week. I'm Amelia. And I'm Kylie. And we're joined this afternoon, you guys, by Robbie Rapella, president of the Rapella Group. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us, Robbie. This week's episode is sponsored by Chemformation. Chemformation is a chemical information database used by chemical industry professionals, such as distributors, formulators, chemists, and producers to quickly find information on chemical products. It covers industries including oil and gas, food, household and industrial cleaners, ink, metal finishing, oil and gas, paints and coatings, personal care, pharma, pulp and paper, water treatment, and many more. Use Chemformation to search by trade name, chemical name, cast number, manufacturer, and end use application, or search by more specific criteria like HLB value, cloud point, or foam characteristics. During these times when chemical raw material and product shortages are affecting the chemical industry, Chemformation is a tool to help find alternative products in the mar marketplace. For more information, go to chemformation.com. Perfect. Thanks, Amelia. And thank you so much, Robbie, for joining us here this afternoon. I think I want to take a second to step back and say thank you to everyone that has joined us. And it continues to jump on here for our first live session. It's so incredible and so exciting to see um, some of your faces live during these conversations. And I'm really excited to jump into further conversations after we have a chance to get to know Robbie a little bit better here in the first half of this interview. So, Robbie, um, thank you again for your time. Um, would be eager to allow for you to introduce yourself to this group um, and let us know a little bit about your career journey and what led you to the chemicals industry. Well, thank you so much, Kylie. I appreciate the introduction. I'm excited to be here. Um, I got into the chemical industry the good old fashioned way. My background was actually in nursing, but um, I hated it. I absolutely hated it. It wasn't a fit for me. I'm very commercial and it just was a poor fit. So I married into the chemical industry. <laughs> Pat Rapella, my husband, had started out in the chemical industry years before and had just branched off and created his own company. And shortly thereafter, about a year later, we got married. And um, so that's how I became involved. And then I just would listen to him when he was a one-man show and tweak him and say, you know, human resource managers would prefer you to say this versus that. And um, we just made a really good team because I got the soft skills. He had, you know, the chemical knowledge and it was, it was just a great match. That's how I got involved in the chemical industry. Absolutely. So every, every time we ask an interviewee, you know, how they enter the industry, it's, it's quite unique. Um, and so I think, you know, what our audience and what I'm interested in learning more about Robbie is um, what your experience has been like and what your career journey has been like in this industry so far. So today being president of the Rapella Group, um, what kind of roles and experiences led you to where you are today? Well, I started off answering phones and working my way from the ground floor up, but I told Pat once I um, became a recruiter, I needed to lay a foundation and really understand um, the process that took just a few months. Then I became a recruiter and then I quickly became a client partner because um, I catch on very quickly. But mm -hmm. I have a background in nursing, but my main focus in college and my passion was psychology. And I think that's been the number one skill that's really helped me understand 
you know, what is it people are looking for? It's one thing to look at a resume and go ahead and check the boxes with the hard skills. But where's the fit? Because that's where you get the long-term placement is when somebody's going to stay there and thrive. And um, so I did every job you can think of. Um, really thrive at marketing, sales, and interfacing. I, I liken our, um, our company to finding that missing puzzle piece that's right in the center that the company needs, and it's critical to complete the picture. But I answered phones, I typed up um, people's information and put together skill surveys, and I've done it all. There's no job that I haven't done except IT, and you do not want me doing IT. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I think that's great, and I think that with you know my experience personally in the industry, the more that I understand about how my role and responsibility fits into the many pieces within the industry, the more value add I can be myself. So I think that that's great that you've come together with you know a medley of different experiences, roles, and and all of that to be able to be the most successful in your current day to day and and the successful for your organization today. That's great. So Robbie. In your experience over time and in learning about all of the many facets of your current organization, have you experienced in your recruiting efforts uh, that that in that this chemicals industry that you're recruiting for is male dominated? Um, and and more specifically, I think which specific sectors of the industry do you find to be more male dominated versus female dominated, if that is to exist? I don't want to speak that if that's not the reality of, of your experience. I would say if you go 20 years back when I first became involved in the company, I would see that that was much more prevalent. And obviously there seemed to be um, maybe a 10 to one ratio of people coming out with uh, um, technical degrees, the STEM degrees. And so the people that were getting placed in those roles were predominantly male. But I think that that shifted in a great way. And I would um, I, I guess I would credit that to people being educated and seeing shows where women are out there getting these technical degrees, but there's been a big shift. Um, there are women-dominated areas in the chemical industry, especially as it relates to consumer products. But I would say the areas where um, men seem to be a lot more prevalent would be construction, um, paints and coatings, you know, kind of on the industrial side. Whereas when you get into HINI and personal care, oftentimes you find that it is more women than men. So why do you think that is, Robbie? And I think that this is my curiosity getting the best of me, but why do you feel as though, or why do you think that there are more women interested in these personal care or consumer-based industries? Well, speaking for myself, I like the free products that I get when I'm recruiting on it. <laughs> but <laughs> aside from that, it's just where women are. When we're running searches, we call and call and call. It's just the women aren't in there. I think more and more, the oil and gas industry is an area where you can see that there has been a shift and there's okay. tons of women engineers. So that's really exciting. But um, I can't say it's necessarily caught on to the construction industry. Um, paints and coatings, we're seeing more and more. When you get into food, nutrition, pharmaceuticals, you see tons of women. So I think there are some, you know, industries that maybe aren't as attractive to women. I mean, if you had a choice, Kylie, would you rather be in personal care, HINI, or road construction, or, you know, some other type of chemical that goes on ships? What, you know, sure. like painting? You make, or a, you make a point. Industrial. Absolutely. 
Yeah, you make a point. I will admit I do work in, um, I would say, more transportation safety associated applications today. Um, so from my experience, I, I stumbled into it, right? It wasn't something that visually in my searching for my career development that I knew or knew of women in the industry in this application, right? I stumbled into it. So I definitely think that you're on to something. And I think that we hear this a lot in these interviews about uh, high level about when women in this industry are looking for new opportunities, a lot of times they gravitate towards what other women are doing or that visibility that some other women in their networks is providing to them. Um, and so Amelia and I and our advisory and ally board, we meet and we discuss, you know, how do we create more cross-functional, more industry or functions touching visibility for what those roles and opportunities are that we don't even know because we don't see women in those roles, right? So how do we make that more visible? Um, and I think you make a really good point. Those consumer products roles or those personal care roles, you know, you can speak to the, the women that you see in those roles and some of the more construction or specialty chemical-based applications, you might not see that. I think it's important to also know that in the U.S. and all the years I've been working, um, I've, I've only heard very early just a few times where somebody was really, I think, pushing for a male. I haven't had that. I have had it with other countries that, you know, are hiring, you know, obviously not in the U.S., um, where they would prefer that I've seen, but not in the U.S. In fact, right now, if I can bring a woman to the table that's well qualified, I mean, she goes to the front of the line. So um, I think that that ship is going in the right direction. It's very exciting. Lots of times companies say, can you bring me, you know, strong women candidates? And I tell them, look, I've been pushing strong women candidates long before it was on trend, being mm -hmm. a woman in the chemical industry. But I also think being a woman in the chemical industry, if you're smart and you're dedicated and uh, you really invest in bettering yourself, that you can go to the top as fast or faster than a man. Sure, I think that's a good point. And I think you've mentioned a couple of these dem demographical changes over time in this industry and what the recruiting uh, for that looks like, right? So you've mentioned that, you know, the, the folks that come to you asking for uh, personnel and, the, and the, the request of female representation sounds like it's getting louder um, over time. Um, what other demographic, you know, dynamics have you experienced over your time in, in the last uh, you know, however many years you've been in this industry, Robbie, how, what has changed over time and what has become more visible? And I think my curiosity stems from, you know, very loud and very recent diversity and inclusion efforts uh, in all industries, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm seeing it firsthand in, in the industry I participate in. Of course. And that makes it very difficult sometimes if you're out there recruiting and you're doing a nationwide comprehensive search and you're hitting all the targeted companies and you're not finding the individuals they want. So sometimes they have to go outside to bring those individuals in. But I would say one of the changes that I've seen is a little bit different. We're going to speak to age now and years of experience, but 10 years ago, everybody's wanting somebody with one to three years experience. But those people are not that prevalent. You know, if they come in, they don't have a huge footprint. If you're going to go and try and data mine them, they're difficult to find. They're not, you know, leading any associations. And I think companies felt they could get these people and mold them and shape them. And I think there's been, um, of course, people are still looking for individuals like that. But with baby boomers, 
retiring in mass numbers. There's a shortage of strong, um, well-experienced talent. So the push I'm seeing this year is definitely for, you know, we, we have succession planning. We need to go out and find somebody that's well-experienced. And so companies are, are, I think, more open and willing to even go past retirement age to bring great talent in, even if it's just, you know, in an advisory um, capacity. So it's, it's an exciting time, especially as I get older. So <laughs> that's super interesting, right? And I think about my experience and when I compare myself to my peers, I have learned over time that it seems as though we're moving from this, you know, tradition of sitting in the same organization or role for many years at a time um, and, and, you know, taking all you can out of that role while it is very commonplace for, you know, folks associate close colleagues of mine that I graduated college from or whatever um, to switch roles in a matter of a couple of years at a time, right? So the experience that we have is, you know, two or three years in one role and then we move on to the next. Has that impacted how you recruit for, you know, early career candidates at all? Right now, we're not really working with early career candidates. We've kind of advanced in the last 10 years. So we're mid-level to C-suite. Mm -hmm. um, but if I see a individual, um, I take them under my wing and I mentor them. One of the things that I do when I um, get a, a younger candidate, if they don't have a technical degree, I push them to go to night school, whatever it is they need to do to get an associate's at least so that they can advance further in their career. If right. they're working in a matrix. Oh, I'm jumping ahead. I think you have a question that addresses the next <laughs> No, you're okay. We, we're, we're just chatting here. I think you're talking on a couple of things, though, that address kind of the question that I wanted to, to ask you next. And it's associated with, you know, what do you look for in candidates and how can our female colleagues or our community members that have joined us here today make themselves more attractive candidates in their career development journeys? Well, I think first and foremost, when you have your resume, you only get eight to 10 seconds for somebody to go ahead and peruse it. So make sure you have clear and upfront, you know, the products, markets, and niches that you're involved in. So many times people put all these wonderful things that they've accomplished. And I mean, you're reading it, and unless you research the company, you don't even know, you know, if they're, are they in HINI or in pharmaceuticals? Huh. Oil and gas, usually pretty easy to get. But HR managers don't have the time. Put it up front and center. Also, um, longevity. I know you said people are changing jobs. If you change jobs every three years, 10 years ago, that would not be acceptable. Right. 20 years ago, it was nail in the coffin. But three years is acceptable now. Two years or less, it's a red mark. And so you've just limited your chances. If you had a short stint and you can say they downsized or you know there was a merger and acquisition or my former boss lured me away, put that in your resume. Have a reason mm -hmm. if you have a short stint because then you'll have a better chance at moving through. And also apply for things you're qualified for. You know, sometimes people call me up and say, I'd love to switch um, and go in a new direction. But people don't um, engage with Rapella to go out and find somebody with no experience in that market segment. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, make sure going after roles you're well qualified for. Can I say one more thing that's really important? Please, please. I'm running into, I'm running into a, a lot of people that have experience leading teams. They don't have that direct line management. However, 
Um, because they're in a matrix environment, they're leading projects and they do have management experience, but it's really hard for them to transition out of um, you know, the role that they're in and move forward and get that direct line management title. And that's something that a lot of people want. So I try to coach people on how to represent that on their resume and showcase that they've had three years of managing teams, you know, five to seven and um, have been very successful. And these are the results. And hmm. that's just important to know. Yeah, I think that's a good point because you, you know, in some career trajectories, you go from, you know, managing your specific roles and responsibilities while being part of a team. And then at some point in your mm -hmm. career, you might become the one that is managing that very team, right? Or that could be, you know, a stepping stone. And how do you use your experience under the team to take it a step further to become, you know, responsible for the aspects of that team? I think that's a really good point. So we've talked a lot about in these interviews, Robbie, about how tough the last two years have been. Um, from my personal experience, I sit in, you know, a global supply chain based role. And we all know that, you know, our global supply chains right now are very constrained um, and for a plethora of reasons. Right. So um, and I know I'm not only speaking for myself on this uh, interview here this afternoon, but a lot of us on the line are facing really, you know, uncertain, unique times. And I will say, you know, the word unprecedented to me is, you know, regular part of my vocabulary as a result of the last two years, which is crazy. Um, but how has the recruiting industry as a result of this crazy time changed? Well, it's changed in a couple of ways. If we're referring to um, the COVID year, I'd say business was down about 25%. A lot of people were very fearful of what the future held. And so they were holding back, um, filling roles, spreading their team pretty thin. Um, a lot of people that had been pushing off retirement had now decided enough is enough. I'm, I'm going to take my retirement and I'm going to leave. So mm -hmm. there was a lot of succession planning. But I think there is a lot of innovation in ingenuity, too, because people learn that you don't have to be in an office to have collaboration and to get things done. And you don't necessarily have to be face to face um, to move forward with sales or, or, or whatever meetings that you had placed um, on your calendar. So people have been able to work from home. They've found out sometimes you're even more productive working at home, right, because you don't have all the interruptions. Um, Interviews have been that used to go in and you have a panel interview. I mean, they're using technology. So technology has really been an asset to solving problems that we've encountered, but it's also creating a big problem. Now that things are getting back to normal quite a bit more than they were in the last year, um, people are not wanting to go back to the office setting. They're not wanting to travel as much. And they're wondering, you know, why? Why do I have to do this when we've been able to tackle this and make it happen from home? So that creates a problem when you're trying to hire people and they say, well, I'm working from home. But um, some companies are open and being flexible and fluid, and some are a little bit more traditional, and they like the synergy of having the team together. So those are things that we've seen. This year, I got to tell you, it's been crazy busy. So while we were down 25% last year, we're almost double our business this year. So no vacations for me or my team. And um, it's, it's been a lot more difficult because candidates have been ghosting. I mean, it's a 
I'm sure we've all heard of ghosting, but it's unprecedented in how many people you call. Used to be you call them three times and you get a return, right? We're texting, we're calling, we're linking in. I mean, we're doing everything we can. And it almost takes 10 touch points before we get a response. So that makes it a lot more labor intensive, of course, for recruiting. Yeah. So that's what we're seeing. From personal experience, I mean, I'm sitting here taking this interview with you from my living room, right? And I, I think that you've spoken to the flexibility that this year has provided or the last two years, right, have provided to a lot of folks in their their ability to manage their lives as well as their jobs. Um, and I think that what I'm hearing you say, and I'm a proponent of it, um, is that those organizations that embrace the flexibility that we were forced into essentially as a result of COVID may have an upper hand uh, compared to those that are, you know, struggling to release themselves from the traditional office setting pre-COVID, right? And so, you know, when you're getting doubling in business of opportunities that, that are wanting to be filled, I would say that, you know, it speaks volumes to the organizations to embrace this flexibility to be a better selling point to candidates. It does, but there's some roles that are not going to be able to encompass that, such as R&D working on the bench. And mm-hmm. um some regulatory roles have been able to work remotely, but there's some where they need them there. So um, there have been some challenges. Yeah. Uh, I would also say that to speak to what you're experiencing, everybody's having problems with supply chains. So just understanding, you know, it's a new norm. Get, mm-hmm. I mean, be prepared, right? They have that. Right. Right. So more specifically on your recruiting efforts recently, uh, Robbie, what kind of functions are you seeing companies invest more heavily in recently? I think data digitization in support of IT is really at the forefront of everybody's thoughts, you know, um, jumping on the wagon and being on trend for that as it, it's a wonderful tool. And um, of course, succession planning Innovation R&D roles, companies are trying to really differentiate themselves. So a lot of manufacturers are pushing ahead. And that's something when they see potential growth, they really start driving that. Um, I would say when times get tough, the marketing roles are the ones that get yanked first and people are hiring for marketing now, Um, innovation roles, business development, and a lot of high level roles. I'm not seeing as much mid-level roles, but the higher level roles where people have um, retired, of course, and moved on. And of course, regulatory, any sustainability roles, and supply chain. If you're good at supply chain, I think you can ask for a 30% raise and you're going to get it. (laughs) Definitely a busy time in supply chain for sure. Um, I can speak to that. Absolutely. That's very interesting. And I think that you are speaking to a lot of the trends that our organizations are trying to focus on in their initiatives and their, you know, long-term plans um, as well. I mean, we're speaking to sustainability efforts uh, at 3M Company, you know, daily and, and how those opportunities for, for roles to embrace that are, are commonplace. So that's, you're speaking to what, it, what I'm seeing as occurring. So that's great. Um, Robbie, as we kind of come to the end of our interview session here, I wanted to allow for you to speak more to the Rapella group specifically and, and share with us your perception of you know, what are the benefits of, of a recruiter? How can our community work with a recruiter? And how do you establish a relationship with a recruiter? 
Well, there's two different um, ways you work with a recruiter as a hiring manager and, of course, as a candidate looking um, for your next position. So if you're a candidate looking for your next position, sending a resume, which at Rapella, which is www.rapella.com, I always say Rope, L-L-A, but I'm sure you have that up there. Send over your resume and reach out because we return calls, we wanna to talk to you and find out what are the type of opportunities are you looking at? At any given time, we'll have 50 to 60 opportunities in queue. And um, oftentimes, not all the time, but if we have somebody who's really good and very marketable, a strong woman, technical degree, somebody looking to advance, um, behind the scenes, we'll quietly market her to all the relationships and um, companies that we have known long-term, we have a direct in with the hiring manager or the HR manager, and we could have an exploratory conversation or two with companies they're interested in. But we need the resume. Don't send me, go check me out on my LinkedIn. I don't want that. I want a resume I can print out, look at, and then move forward. As a hiring manager, um, it's probably the most difficult time to find talent. It's definitely a candidate's market. It's not the company's market. And candidates are going very, very fast that are strong, dynamic, um, well-spoken, well-connected, and especially strong women are getting snatched up. Sometimes they get two, three offers before they even get to the finish line. Mm -hmm. So if you're a hiring manager, we have a proven process at Rapella. Um, we like to compare it to Six Sigma. And we have a domino effect. So we have people that specialize in of course, doing the business development, but we have people that specialize in putting together skill surveys, a marketing team that um, creates marketing materials that reach out to the passive candidate, which pulls them in, right? Mm -hmm. um, we have a whole team of recruiters that are willing to get on the phones, call, text, you name it, we do it. And um, we provide in a very short time, we thoroughly saturate the marketplace nationwide, sometimes globally, if necessary, and we bring a slate of candidates to them, which they could go ahead and interview and hire. But we love helping out on both sides of the fence. And we're very excited about what the future holds as it's so busy. Mm -hmm. And I would say when you work with a recruiter, just be real and be honest. If you're working with three other people or you've already ran yourself into companies, let us know. No harm, no foul. If we can help you, we will. Any other questions in regards to that? No, I think that, you know, I'm all open ears and I think everyone on this call is, I think all I have to say is based on what you're seeing, I think that this is, you know, again, welcomed with open ears to this group, right? Sounds like there's a lot of opportunity uh, for strong female leaders in the industry, which is, you know, exactly how I view this community. So I think that's great. Um, Robbie, in closing, we always, can I, ahead. I'm so sorry. I just yeah. want to ask a quick question. Thank you, Kylie. So Robbie, I'm just like listening and I love to hear that there are way more opportunities for women and women are getting placed a lot faster. Something that we've talked about a lot in our various discussions is that we are seeing a lot more women in the industry. Um, and specifically, we see a ton of women in support roles, um, supply chain roles, those types of roles, but not as many women in leadership still. Do you think that is just kind of like a pipeline issue? And in the next 10 to 20 years, as more women are in the industry at large, we will see more women in leadership? Or is that the way that we as women market ourselves? 
Do you have any advice for how we can better market ourselves for leadership roles? Hoping you could talk to that a little bit. Well, what you're seeing and what I'm seeing, I'm placing women in key leadership roles, very high um, C-suite positions. And we placed many this year, as many as we have men. So I'm not really seeing that. It might be a different market segment, um, but we are seeing women get very, very strong positions. It's exciting time. Um, but I think you're right. As more and more women graduate with strong technical degrees, as they move up and they gain experience, um, find a good mentor, you know, I think that's really important. Find somebody that can um, help you and give you, I would say, career advice, especially when transitioning from one job to the next and map out where you want to be in the next five to 10 years and then plot out the steps it's going to take to reach your goal. But when I have a strong woman, I mean, if you're a strong woman, you have a, a tech degree, even if you don't, a strong commercial presence and um, you're looking for promotion and you're at that mid-level to um, upper upper management, send me your resume. Dear God, I can get you in front of people and the market's hot. I mean, I'm, I'm loving getting resumes like that. They're hard to get guys. I mean, we just placed somebody at a very, very high level and um, she received another offer and even higher than the one we got her and away she went. So oh. women are doing very, very well. That's great to hear. That's really great. Yeah, I'm like, now is a better time than ever for, for women's voices to, to, you know, be placed into value-add positions. That's exciting to hear. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you a quick, a funny story. I'm not going to use the name, but I was working with a, um, a company out in California, highly successful. They're one of the top three for what they produce in the country. And I found a great um, C-suite um, woman to come step in and fill this role. And I stole her out of a place that makes some of the healthy food that you have delivered to you. And I was terrified they would poison me if they found out I had stolen her <laughs> from New York and moved her to California. <laughs> so I quit my subscription to that because I didn't want to get poisoned, but I thought she was so good. I was mm -hmm. really excited to place her there. And if we're off the air, I would tell you the company name she went to, but she's wonderful. But I was worried that the company we took her from might have vengeance. So I, I canceled my <laughs> subscription, so I didn't get poisoned. Hey, I think there's a lot of terrific women out there that, you know, are leaning on folks like you, Robbie, and, and your organization and your efforts. And I think that I speak on behalf of everyone. And I thank you for giving uh, folks like those, these women, these strong women in our community here and joining us today to have that voice and the opportunity to represent those, you know, elevated roles. So I think that's great. Um, Robbie, as we wrap up, I want to always offer up the opportunity for you to make any closing comments. Um, we, we open this to recommendations, advice, mantras, mottos you live by books to read, podcasts, really anything that you want to close off with, I'll let you do that now. Well, my husband would be upset if I didn't give his number one quote, which um, has been pretty much our, our mantra for life. Life is short, so wherever you are, be there, be present, and be focused. And last night, we were out on a date, and he was on his cell phone, and so I <laughs> um, <laughs> reminded him of his mantra. I'm like, this is what you say, so um, put the phone down. But we are in a world where everybody is distracted. 
And if you really want to move forward, you know, respect the people you're speaking with. If you've made an appointment, be with them. It's so easy to, while you're in one of these meetings, to be over here on your computer. And we've all done it. But just be present where you are at. Um, as far as books, I mentioned earlier that I'm all about the psychology of things, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like you can relate to people, understand their motivation. And a long time ago, I went through the five love languages. I don't know if you've ever heard about that, but it's called mm -hmm. the five love languages. Well, they made it into a workplace. Okay. Book. And so now I'm kind of like, I don't want to say psychoanalyzing, but I have my team and I know, okay, when I speak to this person, they're motivated by, you know what I mean, getting um, some coupons to go out to dinner. This person needs a high five in the hallway. This person, if I send out, look what they've done. And so just understanding your team, understanding how to relate to them and just speak the language that they most appreciate, um, I think helps with retention. And right now with everybody um, out there, you know, switching jobs, you would want retention. So I think this is a great book. If you've got any employees, go ahead and read. Um, my sister is, I have a younger sister. I have two younger sisters, but I have one that's gone through a lot of hardships. And um, she's had cerebral palsy, neuromuscular disease. She's had to learn to walk probably five, six times. She's been in um, rehabilitation homes for old folks. And now that's terrible for months on end, trying to just learn to feed herself again. And um, she wrote a book called Don't Panic. It's only brain surgery. And so doing a push for her. Um, but she's been through a lot and she's an overcomer and a public speaker. And um, I have so many people that say, oh, I I can't do anything. And if you read her story, you would pick yourself up by the bootstraps and accomplish what you need to accomplish. Um, is that good? I have one more. Sure, sure. Away, please. <laughs> okay. A long time ago, I had a candidate I was working with and I got her a job and she was just phenomenal. But um, shortly thereafter, I had a loss in my family and I was really sad. And she sent me this book. Um, and I didn't even read it. You know, when you, sometimes you're, you're just really sad, you put it away. And then six months afterwards, I pulled it out and read it. And it was just very inspiring. And during COVID, when things look kind of bleak and sad, I pulled it out again. So if anybody feels like they got the weight of the world on their shoulders, it's Max Lucatus, you'll get through this. And it did help me. And um, it was sent by a strong female candidate that I placed in a high level role. And it's not what I thought I needed, but actually it was about six months later. But that's my book. That's great. But thank you for your. Yeah, Robbie, thank you so much. I think I'm, we're going to need to start a, a women in chemicals book club with all of these great book recommendations. Um, I'm excited. I, I need to pick a book to read and just make some time to do it. Like you said, to make some time to not be distracted and make some time for myself. So um sounds like people are already buying the book recommendations you've got this is great i'm just seeing some people ping in the zoom here um so that's all we had for the interview portion robbie again i think i speak for everyone when i say thank you so much for sharing us your story your insights and your recommendations here i will turn it back to amelia here because i think we've got some you know very informal uh networking planned for the rest of the hour for those that are free <laughs> 